Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to another episode of The Warning Woods. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving it five stars and writing a review. Reviews help spread the podcast to more listeners. If you want more creepy content, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at The Warning Woods. I'm Miles Tridel, and this story is called The Shop. I remember hearing the front counter bell ding right at five o'clock. I remember being irritated at whoever rang it for waiting until the last minute to come by. But times aren't the best, and I can use all the work I can get. I couldn't kick him out, so I put a smile on and asked what he needed. The guy's Ford Fiesta looked like work all right. It needed a new bumper, at least one new wheel, and an alignment to boot. I explained it would take me a couple of days to get the parts, but I could start working on the rest of the car in the morning. The guy agreed to leave his car with me overnight. In fact, he seemed sort of relieved I was willing to take it. I really did plan to start on that car the next day. I figured I could at least strip the wheels and remove the cracked bumper. I also wanted to check its inner workings, make sure everything was running smooth after whatever accident he'd been in. Someone else had a different plan for my day, though. When I got to the shop that morning... Nearly everything inside had been flipped over, knocked down, or tossed across the room. Oil slicked the floor, leaking from a few full pans I hadn't disposed of yet. I had two cars in the shop that morning, a black Genesis and that red Fiesta. The Genesis appeared untouched, thank God. My insurance agent would have had an aneurysm if that car had been damaged. The Fiesta, though, was a different story. The little sedan had been the target of all the tools I'd found scattered around the shop. Someone had chucked every wrench, ratchet, hammer, and screwdriver I owned at that poor car. The windows and lights were all shattered. Every door pockmarked with scrapes and dents. They dropped my air compressor right onto the hood, caving it in. I had to wait for the police to come take a report before I could even begin cleaning up. They documented the damage and asked me a few questions. Until they had asked about it, I never considered that there were no signs of forced entry in the shop. The door had been locked, the garage closed, and all the windows were intact. I had the only keys to the building, and they were all accounted for. The police asked if someone could have hidden in the shop and waited for me to leave. I guess crazier things have happened, but who would do such a thing? The cops advised me to take photos for insurance and left. After taking a few photos, I mopped up the oil, put the tools away, and got the shop back in order. My first call was to the owner of the Genesis. I wanted to get ahead of the story in case someone saw the police cars out front and woke up the rumor mill. The owner hadn't heard anything yet, but was relieved to hear her car was undamaged. She told me not to worry about any delays caused by the incident. I didn't think the Fiesta's owner would be quite so understanding, but I didn't get a chance to find out. I realized that, in my hurry to close the shop, I had neglected to get a phone number from him. I called the police to see if they could get his number for me. They told me they couldn't give out personal information like that, but they would get in touch with him for me. When I put the phone down, I noticed something in my periphery. 
I thought a young woman in a blue dress was standing outside the shop looking in through the glass door. When I turned my head and smiled at her, she was gone, though. I thought my eyes had played a trick on me. I remembered I still had to call my insurance agent and quickly forgot about the woman. My agent asked me to send him the pictures I took. I attached them to an email and hit send before I got off the phone with him. We were about to say goodbye when he trailed off in the middle of a sentence. Hey, hey, hold on a minute, he said. Who was in the shop when you took these? Just me, I answered. My agent paused so long I thought our connection had dropped. Hello? He cleared his throat and said, Sorry, I'm still here. It's just... Have you looked at these? No need, I saw the place with my bare eyes, I replied. Uh Uh-huh, take a look at those pictures again. I opened my photo gallery while my agent waited on the line. I wondered if this could be some kind of subliminal mind game, trying to trick me into remembering a lost detail or recall a seemingly unimportant memory. But when I flipped to the second picture, I saw what had really prompted his weird request. The sun hadn't yet risen when I took the pictures, so the windows all vividly reflected the well-lit shop. In the second picture, the back of a woman's head could clearly be seen in the reflection. She had wavy blonde hair that looked wet, dark, and matted in some places, like she had just escaped a flash rainstorm. There had been no rain that morning, though. You see her? My agent asked. I do, yeah, in the reflection. Any idea who she is? I can't say. All I can see is the back of her head, I said. He told me to keep scrolling. The third photo only focused on the oily mess on the floor, but the fourth nearly caused me to drop my phone. I had taken a photo of the beat-up Fiesta from the front. Although the windshield was shattered, I could still make out the woman's face. She appeared to be standing behind the car looking through it. The shattered glass distorted her features, so I couldn't really tell what she looked like. Is she someone you know? Asked my agent, correctly assuming I had gone quiet due to the strange photo. I mean, it's hard to say. I can't think of anyone with hair like hers, but I can't honestly say for sure. Well, can you retake some of these photos for me? I'll hold on to these in case we need them later, but I already cleaned up, I said, interrupting him. Oh. Well, alright then. Why don't you just... just... Call me back if you think of who this might be, and I'll figure out what to do on my end. We concluded the call, and I was left wondering what exactly he would be figuring out on his end. If those photos contained the culprit, they should be submitted, right? To the police? Or at least to whatever file he kept on my claim? I looked out at the shop. With everything back in order, the Fiesta's appearance was the only reminder of the incident. But the shop floor had an eerie feel to it. I told myself the feeling lingered from the unsettling experience of the break-in, but I'm not sure I was being honest with myself. Those pictures were disturbing. I'm sure I'd been alone in the shop when I took them. I had walked all over, photographing every angle. I hadn't heard a sound or seen anything to make me think someone else had been there. To ease my mind, I tried working on the Fiesta. All the damage done had been topical, cosmetic stuff. Expensive if the owner wanted it repaired, but he wouldn't have to fix it all for the car to run. I got the little car on a lift and raised it so I could take the damaged wheels off. Once beneath the car, I thought it had been leaking oil. A thick substance coated much of the lower chassis. Since I didn't want it dripping on me, I grabbed a pan and unscrewed the oil plug. 
While the car bled into the oil pan, I started taking apart the wheel assembly. I had one of the brake pads off when I noticed the color of the oil on my gloves. In the darkness below the car, it just looked like dirty black motor oil. But when my hand glanced at the white fluorescent lights, I noticed a maroon hue in the liquid. I thought it might be some additive the owner put in. People are doing all sorts of strange and stupid things to their cars these days. They read something online and accept it as the gospel truth. When the oil finished draining, I reached into the engine to find the oil filter. My hand located it quickly, and with a few quick, easy turns, it came off. I snaked my arm back out and immediately dropped the oil filter on the floor with a choked cry. See, most of the rest of the parts under the car were black, and those that were lighter shades of gray were dirty. The oil filter was white, or at least it had been when it was new. Now it lay on my shop floor flecked and smeared with what appeared to be blood. While my heart raced, I examined more of the undercarriage. I searched for anything that might confirm my worst fears after seeing the bloody filter. I hoped I wouldn't find anything, that the whole thing would turn out to be some big misunderstanding I could have a laugh about later. But when I found a clump of what looked like blonde hair wound tightly around the axle, I knew it was time to give the police another call. I stepped out from beneath the car, intending to lower the lift. I had my finger on the switch when I noticed a pair of pale legs standing right behind the car. They looked like a woman's, and the feet had been cast in pointed high heels. Hello? I called out. But I was alone. I paced all the way around the fiesta to be sure. Goosebumps raised on my forearms as the eerie feeling returned. An idea came to me. An idea that both excited and terrified me. I produced my phone and made sure to turn the camera flash on. I positioned myself so the rear end of the Fiesta was directly between me and a window, pointed the camera, and snapped a photo. I suddenly missed the days of Polaroids. The inconvenience of having to wait to view your photos would have been a welcome comfort in that moment. Instead, now in the instantly gratifying digital age, all that kept me from looking at that photo was lack of will. Little did I know how right I was to be afraid. I took one look at that photo and ran behind the counter. I don't know why I did that. Maybe just to get something between me and whatever else was in the shop. In false safety behind the counter, I took a closer look at the picture. The flash had worked as I intended. It produced a clear reflection on the window across from me. The white light had perfectly outlined a feminine form standing behind the car. Her body, cloaked in a blue dress, faced forward, toward the trunk of the car. I couldn't see her face in the reflection because her head was turned at a sharp, 90-degree angle. She was staring directly at me. I stepped outside and dialed 911. The police hurried over. The Fiesta was registered in a neighboring county. It seems the owner drove well out of his way to bring the car to me. A deputy from that county went to his home, but couldn't find him. His employer said he hadn't shown up for work that day. The cops are still trying to locate him. They had the Fiesta towed away so it could be properly stored as evidence. Since it's been gone, life around the shop has mostly returned to normal. I still jump whenever I catch movement out of the corner of my eye. My heart rate rises whenever someone appears at my glass door. I've tried taking photos all around the shop and the woman doesn't show up in any of them. 
I suppose that means she's gone. I just can't quite shake the feeling of another presence whenever I'm working alone. Hopefully, the feeling will fade in time. You made it out. Congratulations. If you enjoyed the story, please rate and review this podcast wherever you like to listen. Reviews are the best way to support the podcast and help it grow. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash thewarningwoods. If you want more creepy content, including the images that accompany each story, follow me on Instagram at thewarningwoods. If you feel ready, meet me here next week for another journey into the warning woods. Thank you for listening. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. 